Hey, this is Mark Thompson. I'm the voice of Yoda and many of the Star Wars audiobooks, and you are listening to The Living Force. Do or do not. There is no try. Welcome to The Living Force Podcast. Here is the path to the dark side. A Utini Podcast Network production. Begun. The Clone War has. Episode 215, The Yoda Years. Looking. Found someone you have, I would say. <laughs> On this episode, the Star Wars universe loses a beloved actor. Luminous beings, Zoe. Not this crude matter. Disney announces the final voyage of the galactic star cruiser Halcyon. You must unlearn what you have learned. And the Utini crew talks about the history and legacy of Yoda. <laughs> and now, here are your hosts. Eric Eilerson. Dr. Charles Hankel, and Wes Jenkins. Utini! Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Living Force Utini Network podcast tonight, all about yoga. We seek yoga. I'm one of your hosts, Eric Eilerson, and joining me tonight is a couple of my best buddies, including a man who will only appear if you say heat and five three times into a mirror, is Dr. Charles Hankel. Hey, buddy. What is going on, everybody? That is true. I've been saying heat and five since the beginning of this series, and you know what? It looks like they might do it in four. So I'm a happy camper, but I am sleep deprived. I am a little bit sick. But, you know, being a little bit, I don't know, unwell upstairs, that that is kind of perfect for Yoda, right? Because he's a little unwell upstairs, especially by the OT years. Absolutely, absolutely. Although, now I got to think, if Yoda was in the NBA, it would be really tough because they'd all go, he's too small, too small, like every single game. Because, frankly, he is. He is too small. Muggsy Bogues. Muggsy Bogues. Oh, my gosh. Chiming in with the elite take of the (laughs) legendary Charlotte Hornet Muggsy Bogues is the legend himself. Not a Charlotte Hornet. Also, in fact, not too small. Surprisingly tall. (laughs) It's Wes Jenkins. Hey, man. Hey, what's going on? Yes, uh, Muggsy Bogues was a teammate of Larry Johnson, and Larry Johnson's nickname was Grandmama and was also just LJ, and, which is weird. Um, but fun fact is that I used to collect Larry Johnson basketball cards when I was in uh, junior high and elementary school, and I have like 90 of them, all different, all different Larry Johnson cards. Really weird. But Muggsy Bogues was in a couple of them, so there's a Yoda reference sort of. Muggsy um, Boggs. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it had to be Muggsy Boggs. Mm, I don't know. But uh, not a Charlotte Hornets fan, though. I just liked Larry Johnson. Everybody picked a, a basketball player to collect, and I picked the one that had the cheaper cards because it was easier to acquire. I respect that <laughs> so hard. Like, I so I grew up, yeah, we're talking 90s Hornets and 90s ball, Jared. Because I was, I was the Pistons guy because I was just living in Michigan. So I had, like, Grant Hill when I started yeah. watching – but then I was, like, right in the peak elementary school, middle school for the Chauncey Billups, Rasheed Wallace, Tayshawn Prince, Big Ben. Like, that was a great time. But I did have this real, like, I liked Reggie Miller. Why? Yes. Uh-huh. That's why. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> um, if you liked a random 90s basketball player, let us know in the comments. Um, also, hello to everyone tuning in. Um, whether you're watching us on YouTube, where you can like the video and subscribe to the channel, leave your comments below, or you're listening to us at the end of the week on your audio player of choice. Hello. We love you. I hope you're well. I hope you're great. Um, before we get into our show tonight, though, I want to check in with my fellas and see how we're doing. Um, only three of us tonight. Our buddy, Dr. Corey Helton, he's on a mission uh, far away, and he just couldn't get away. It happens. It happens from time to time. Um, that's a lie. He's put himself actually into exile over his shame of not seeing the darkness of the Clone Wars. So uh, he'll be back next week. But <laughs> before then, uh, Charles, I want to go to you first, buddy, because as you said, you've had a great sports week. Um, the the Heat... Uh, Despite only having 3% chance of, of, of a win in the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, we're doing well, but how else, how else have you been doing, man? I've been good. I've been good other than, you know, the sickness, but I got to hang out with you and Corey, right? I feel like we can That's talk right. about that. Yeah, Corey Thursday. was in town with Kate, and so we, uh, we went to a baseball game. It's pouring rain. Uh, I was already <laughs> yeah. sick, but we were like, dang it, we bought the tickets. We're going to go sit in these seats, and... Yep. Uh, and I don't know, it probably didn't help, but I had a great time. So that's that was kind of the highlight of last week. And, um, yeah, just been trying to recover and 
watch some basketball every night. It's been great. I love conference finals. You got a game every yeah. night. I mean, mm-hmm. it's wonderful. Wonderful time. Yeah. And just as the NBA script predicted, uh, the Lakers might also be getting swept as well as the Celtics. Because who wants to watch the Lakers and the Celtics in the finals, right? Boring, <laughs> boring television. They've had enough. <laughs> oh, uh, ultimate rivalry. Wes, how was your week, man? It was all right. Um, outside of watching the conference finals, the conference finals for the NHL are on right That's now. That's right. Actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rick, your, your Dallas Stars are... Uh, they're doing pretty well. Not because the LA Knights are up. Um, Let's and go. I am only pulling for the Knights because I'm not a Dallas fan. I apologize. But um, anyways, um, <laughs> this weekend I did yard work, and um, I got I got to tell you, uh-huh. I am not a geologist. Mm-hmm. I am not an archaeologist. Okay, where is this? And going? I am definitely not a paleontologist. But if you decide to to uh, dig up the roots from your tree, mm-hmm. you will find more roots, much like a oh. dinosaur bone. So if you find one <laughs> dinosaur bone, you find all the dinosaur bones. Mm-hmm. So I, I was there was one big root that's like leading to my house. And I was like, damn it, if that thing gets under my foundation, that's extra money out of my pocket. So mm-hmm. I take an axe to it and I chop it up. And as I'm pulling this thing out of the ground, there's just a... <laughs> There's a, a Rand McNally road atlas of roots <laughs> through my through my front yard that I'm just pulling out. I have like like a hundred pounds of roots that are on the corner of my uh, driveway that I had the garbage man throw away today. But unbelievable! I had no idea. I thought it was going to be like one long root. Mm-hmm. No, it was everything. And, and now the tree's probably going to fall over because it's not anchored to the ground anymore. So, <laughs> well, if it happens live, uh, we'll clip it. And we'll put it in everything. Right through this window, actually. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll know immediately. Strong breeze comes through, and that thing is coming through my window. But oh. that's what I did this weekend. Well, love it. Hey, it looks like Jared's <laughs> doing yard work right now. That's great. I like the nighttime yard work because then it's not as hot. Um, so that helps you out. I hope that's going well, Jared. And hey, you know what? We used to have dishes crew who would always do the dishes uh-huh. while listening to TLF. Maybe we got yard work crew. If you're doing yard work, let us know. Maybe that's where we're, we're switching up the. Switching up the time of year. That time of year. Yeah. Um, I, I pay an HOA monthly, so I don't do yard work. Uh, that is covered, <laughs> thankfully. Um, Funny. But uh, for me this week, like Charles said, uh, Corey and Kate came into town on Thursday, so we all went to the Charlotte Knights game. I love Charlotte Knights games. They're some of my favorite things to do in the world, so I just love popping over to watch my minor league baseball. Yes, it was raining the whole time. We had some really fun folks behind us. We all got very into it. Um, and then s- about seventh inning, it was it was too wet. So we went and had some really delicious Mexican food. So that was lovely. Um, and then on Saturday, Charlie and I went to a Charlotte FC soccer game. Got all our stuff in. Walked like three miles. Lost my voice. Screaming. Uh, we ended up losing on a penalty kick in the 93rd minute. Uh, <laughs> brutal. Absolutely brutal, but still a very fun time. Had a great time with the supporters club and stuff like that. Um, but mostly I missed you guys because I wasn't here last week. You guys did a great job uh, despite replacing me with a dang robot. Uh, it it did pretty – it was very articulate. Yeah. The words were put out, you know, mm-hmm. nice and nice and concise. Yeah. It was good. Yet, you know, we – we fumbled the beginning. We, fumbled, we definitely fumbled the end. That was great because Corey read it word for word from the script. <laughs> yeah, so that, was, <laughs> that was that was that was something. So I'm I'm back now to reclaim my throne. Um, the AI will not be replacing Corey this week. Uh, but thank you all uh, for your well wishes. And uh, Charlie and I did have a great time at Disney. Of course, uh, not an ad. They don't pay us for that. It's just great. All the cliches about yeah. Disney are true. It's great. But you know who's greater than Disney, greater than the mouse, is our Patreon community over at patreon.com slash utini because I did miss thanking Michael Fry joining our Jedi High Council last week. Um, And thank you to everyone else, of course, who uh, joins up on our Patreon. A couple of quick shout-outs. Jacob recently had a show-and-tell event with Jared and Anthony with all of our patrons showing off some great collections uh, for the Utini crew, which is basically just us being able to say, see, there's a reason we collect all these things. It's content. It's not just hoarding. It's content. Uh, So thank you to everyone that hung out for that. Um, And our friends at Legends Lookback recently recorded a commentary for A New Hope. You know that movie? Um, So definitely check that out over on the Patreon. (laughs) 
uh, for all of, of those folks. Amazing insights on, on a pretty fantastic movie. And coming up later, later this month, um, which is a reminder to me because I got to do it, um, I'm going to have a tell-all of my personal collection going up on Patreon. I'm going to edit together to kind of go through in a little more uh, specificity about the things I've acquired over the years. Uh, a lot of our Patreon community has been very supportive of my habits, so I'm going to give back here. So keep an eye out at patreon.com for anything and everything to help us grow. All right, a couple quick things and one uh, one down note here, uh, but we are going to put this in a Star Wars Weekly Roundup. It's the Star Wars Weekly Roundup. All right, uh, one surprising somber note in the show uh, that we want to talk about real quick. Uh, today, uh, Monday the 22nd, we unexpectedly heard about the passing of Ray Stevenson. Uh, he was only 58 years old, and those Star Wars fans might know him as the voice of Gar Saxon in Rebels, and unfortunately, a lot of people are about to know him this fall when he uh, is in Ahsoka. He's very, very prominent in the trailer. He's wielding a lightsaber against Ahsoka. Um, again, we don't know anything about the show, but I'm pretty sure he's clearly going to have a, a pretty decent role there. And he's had a, a hell of a career for anyone that's followed him um, in things like Rome, uh, King Arthur, um, just, just tons of stuff. And... Uh, yeah, this was this was a pretty a pretty big shock today. I mean, fifty eight is is nothing, man. Yeah. I just kind of wanted to pay our respects because, I mean, he looks great in this picture too. He does. Yeah, he does. Terrible. He looked good in the Ahsoka trailers too. I mean, yeah. it's obviously a big shock, but I hope that I don't know. That was I assume his last performance, right? I Probably. Think, I think so. I I hope that um I just hope that the show is received well and that he gets his due credit for the part he played and that. Yeah, yeah. The for those of our audio listeners, we got a picture of him up here at celebration back in uh, a couple months ago now. And every person I saw on Twitter that was talking about him, that met him at celebration, even just for a couple minutes, was just talking about the joy he had and how kind he was and and, and caring to everybody. Uh, fan crew doesn't even matter. So um, hope you know lo- love to his family and and those closest to him. Obviously, this seems like it was pretty big shock and uh, to everyone in the Star Wars community again. Um, excited to celebrate Ray with y'all uh, once we get to Ahsoka later on in the year. But thoughts over to his family, and uh, thank you, Ray, for touching Star Wars as much as you did. Now, a couple other things now for the week that we did know about. Uh, first of all, we may have talked a little bit here and there about a specific attraction in Disney World called the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser, the Halcyon. When this was first announced, this was an all-inclusive experience. It was not only a hotel, not only a restaurant, but it was an actual ship you could basically go on and pretend you were in Star Wars for a while. You could meet characters. You could train with lightsabers. You could do all these things. There was a whole comic line showing the Halcyon in canon. Everything was in canon. But it cost like five grand for two nights. (laughs) So... Uh, we received word this week that the Halcyon will, quote, be uh, taking its final voyage in September. Into less a than sun. two years after it opened. Um, couple things here, fellas. One, surprised at all. Um, and two, whether or not you are surprised, uh, what do you think this means for the future of, I guess, Star Wars attractions at Disney? Or, or what, what could they do from this? Like, where do they go from here? Because this seems like... Kind of a massive loss of, of many millions of dollars. Yeah. Um, I hope that they just leave it as it is and like let the like let the um the trees and the in the like shrubs and everything just grow into it. <laughs> like just, last like, of us style, and, just take and over turn it. that into an attraction. <laughs> like they don't do anything with it. Yeah. They just let you run around. they make you pay a ticket to go through the ooh, the long forgotten Halcyon. <laughs> it's the trend gear. Ah! Yeah. They never keep up with it and it makes it even better because it's like stuff is falling apart. So they like they make you sign a waiver and they give you like a stormtrooper helmet or something to wear and you just sure. go through it. Why not? <laughs> I mean uh- on the one hand, if you look at the price tag for this thing, it's not mm-hmm. surprising, right? But uh, right. on the other hand, this is Disney, okay? Disney, mm-hmm. generally speaking, when it comes to the parks, is pretty good about allocating their money and building mm-hmm. these attractions, right? As far as I know. And this seems like a pretty major loss to take after only a couple of years. 
yeah, um, sure. So it's kind of it, it kind of is shocking because the actual uh, Galaxy's Edge is seems quite popular. I've never been, but I mean, every time I see pictures, it seems really busy. I mean, mm-hmm. this seems oh, yeah. to be where it fell flat. So I think the, I mean, to me, it seems like the lesson is make things more accessible. You know, I mean, yeah. don't don't make these. Yeah. I mean, to a degree, Disney already is not that accessible. Like it it is expensive, mm-hmm. right? So. I mean, yeah. to make something that's even higher end Disney within Disney, it's just like, holy crap, guys, can we maybe just like take a step back and let people enjoy themselves? And I don't know. I did exactly. see, though, I think it was Laura from Forest Toast put up a picture of the Galactic Star Cruiser <laughs> sign with one of those pop up Halloween store signs. Yes, Spirit Halloween. <laughs> over it. Yeah, I like that. That's what they should do. I enjoyed that. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's interesting from a business perspective because I think you're absolutely right. You know, we, we'd had all these uh, think pieces when, when they first announced that Star Cruiser was going under, like, what happened? You know, why wasn't it? And it's, it's very clearly money in some way, right? I think that the, the lack of accessibility, like you were saying, really paid a part. You know, we, we had heard the last year that they were having trouble booking people on on such an expensive trip i mean you could do basically all of tokyo celebration for this you know um and it's also interesting because we've heard in the last few weeks uh since bob Iger took back over as ceo there's been some rapid changes at disney there's been some a lot of uh, cost-cutting measures um they're also acquiring hulu like officially officially so I, I believe they needed to buy out Comcast's share in Hulu, so they needed to get a lot of money real quick. So between this and the cancellation of a product of a one billion dollar project in Lake Nona, which is another whole Disney product, you know, Google that if you want. Like Disney really got a lot of capital really fast on cutting some projects. So I think it's always interesting at that higher level, you know, there's a practical element, like people worked there and people were gonna go there and you know, there's obviously that. But there's definitely a lot of shakeups right now, business-wise, in Disney. Um, as someone who was literally just at Disney World, I will say, even though we're all Star Wars fans, we love Star Wars more than anything, clearly, it is very clear that Star Wars is not the draw for Disney World, which is fine. Um, Galaxy's mm-hmm. Edge is great, let's be clear. I mean, there's still nothing like it, but it's not Moana. It's not Frozen. It's not Encanto. It's not Toy Story Land. Like... There are levels of fervor for these other things in mainline Disney that I think if they had had a similar price tag, I don't know if it would have worked out. But I think that Star Wars itself isn't quite going to command that level of price tag. So if they can take the Halcyon Bones and make it into like an interactive restaurant where it's character interactions or something like that, maybe put it in Galaxy's Edge so you can walk around and see it as an attraction, that could be great. But, I mean... Everyone needs tax write-offs or, and something like another thing we're going to talk about here in a second. Like cost saving at the billion and million dollar level, I'll never quite understand. So, but if they make it a restaurant, <laughs> then they're gonna have, there's gonna have to be like a tie-in comic and novel to explain like yeah. why the Halcyon was turned into a restaurant and how like the head chef is actually like, yep. you know what I mean. There's gonna be a whole thing. You got it. It's all narrative. It's all narrative. Can I can I give my my hottest take right now? Sure. Yes. I think making Galaxy's Edge canon was a mistake. I think that setting a park that is going to be around for decades within a couple years of Star Wars canon is a mistake because they cannot now expand ideas past this period of time in the Star Wars galaxy. You can never have actual Jedi temple stuff in there because the Jedi aren't around yet. You can, I mean, we know Ben Solo gets redeemed, so whenever you see Kylo Ren around, he's, I know what happens to him. He's going to be fine. You're not going to meet Vader. You're not going to get Stormtroopers. You're not going to get new stuff with Rey's new trilogy because that doesn't happen at this point yet. So I, th- I think if it had just been a more general Star Wars land idea, it could have been more because like like without irony charles you're absolutely right if they do make a, a restaurant there they will have to canonize what it means and why it's there and i don't think one that type of content has been the most successful even in just as comics and books um and for the park i think it puts them in a weird spot so i don't know we'll yeah. see i don't disagree with you we'll see how they do it um it's still I could very see fun. them i could see them possibly doing like a renovation and like 
five to ten years or something and changing it up completely. Sure. Where it's not Galaxy's Edge anymore, it's something else where they can where they're like, you know, we were listening to this podcast that we downloaded a couple of years ago and they had a pretty damn good point. Like <laughs> Why don't exactly. we put these extra characters in there? We'd make so much more money. We'd, have, we'd sell so much more merch right. with Vader stuff. Are we <laughs> going to pay them for that idea? No, absolutely we are not going to do that. No, we're Disney. Oh, we came with that on our own. It's all free ideas now, yeah. Happen to have just vibes. Uh, but speaking of money saving, uh, I'm, I'm switching two of our news articles here. Uh, speaking of money saving, there was another thing that hit the Disney Plus uh, community this week, and that is the news that Disney Plus is following HBO's lead in getting rid of some of its streamer-exclusive content in order to cut costs, including, uh, for the Star Wars Lucasfilm audience most predominantly, the Willow series will be taken off of Disney+. And this is mostly a big deal for folks because Willow has never been made physically available. Now, we've had things in history like the Disney Vault, very famously, where they put movies away. You can't buy them for so many years, and they come back, and they put them away, and they come back, things like that. Now, for Willow and other um, projects on Disney Plus that are getting this axe treatment, you cannot purchase them anywhere. So, as of this time, anyone that wants to watch that will have no legal way of accessing this. And for some some reason, this will save Disney money. Um, and I'm sure it will also screw the creatives. Um, yeah. But I want to ask you guys, do you, one, do you even have any... Super strong reaction to this. I, like none of us really watched Willow specifically, so I don't think this is necessarily a, a "We Will Miss Willow" show. They're taking but away Big Shot, Eric. They're taking yeah, they away are. Big Shot. They okay? are, and John Stamos is gone. Did you forever. watch season two, Charles? I tried. It was bad. <laughs> it was very, very bad compared to. But season, season one is gone. That's what's important. Season, season one was great. You should watch season one and never go. Never back acknowledge to it. it. Um. I'm I'm surprised with this. I don't understand how anything works in this world. Um, I don't understand yeah, full stop. how computers work, especially. Nope. I don't know how I can see the you guys internet? or hear you guys right what? now. All of this <laughs> no. is just a black box of mystery to me. I was surprised to find out that they will save all that much money by taking these things down. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't think it cost that much money just to keep these things up, but I'm guessing it does um or it's a convenient excuse i don't know i mean i never watched willow that was on my to watch list eventually and i never got around to it and i probably still won't um Mm -hmm. but you know it's just it's kind of sad i was excited for um goodness what's his name warwick davis um yeah to actually have the the series itself and then i was surprised to hear it got canceled because it seemed like a lot of people were talking about it and mm-hmm. even more surprised to now hear that they're just taking it down altogether. i mean speaking of cost savings how much money did they put into making that series yeah, yeah no kidding yeah i remember watching willow on hbo i think when it something like around when it came out young mm-hmm. guys um, but one of the like couple of the big ones <laughs> <laughs> it was in the 80s. A couple of the big ones that I see on here that is is kind of surprising is the Mighty Ducks. Yep. And that show. Turner and Hooch. Wait, the mm-hmm. new Mighty Ducks? You don't get the rid Mighty of The Mighty Ducks TV show or the original Mighty Ducks? I think it's the movie because it, it, Game Changers is the show, and I didn't see Game Changers specifically. Game Changers okay. was also good initially and got bad. Um, yep. Yep. The Mighty Ducks should not be taken down. Can we start quacking at Disney until they yeah. put it back up there? Outside the headquarters? Quack, 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 yeah. quack, quack, quack. And, quack. And Turner and Hooch. Turner and Hooch is a fantastic movie. They're getting, they're taking that off? Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know their, you know, their their idea of actually taking some of these off and then how much money they save, but I think yeah. that, was a, that was a big miss. Well, I think a big, part of, these, a big part of it, too, is that, you know, this is all happening in the midst of the WGA writer's strike. And the writers are yeah. striking because they're already getting such little money from streamers for residuals and everything anyway. It's true. So, it's true. And, and Disney is saying, no, we even need to save that. So I think as a Star Wars fans, you know, we have plenty of shows that we love. The Mandalorian, Obi-Wan Kenobi, um, Andor, Clone Wars Season 7. Like, these have only been on Disney+. Plus. And nowhere else. So I, I would like to think that because Star Wars is such a big brand, they will never need to cut costs and take them off the service. But also Willow had a panel at Celebration. You know, I, I think I, that 
this is a worrisome precedent that if they don't release these physically, like you can't buy Blu-rays of Andor or whatever, I want to be able to watch it at any time without resorting to, you know, less legitimate ways of watching it. So I think it's something to keep an eye on and definitely something to be aware of in the streaming age that if you want something and it's released physically, it might not be a bad idea to to get that on your shelf. And, and I can only hope that some of the Star Wars content eventually does get released that way. Um, yeah. But what is being released physically are books. And the next book to be released physically for the adult Star Wars fans, or and the young Star Wars fans, it's the adult publisher, let me say. You know what I'm talking about. Inquisitor Rise of the Red Blade is coming out from Penguin Random House Worlds in July. And this week we got our first official excerpt from our friends over at PRHW, I guess, technically. <laughs> um, like I know some that. folks go, I, I hate, no, I, I, you hear how I said it? I regretted it with every syllable. It was terrible. Um, <laughs> but uh, I know some folks like to go in completely spoiler-free with excerpt, or excerpt-free even. So we're not going to go through the excerpt here, but I want to let you know it is on StarWars.com. But we did want to feature uh, the Barnes & Noble edition is getting a poster And as opposed to other books, it's not just a poster of the cover. That sucks, Barnes & Noble. You do that sometimes. That's stupid. (laughs) Um, They have an actually exclusive piece of artwork from Voodoo Val um, on Twitter, uh, who did an uh, amazing piece of work of the lead Inquisitor from Rise of the Red Blade. We have it on the screen now. This is going to be in the Barnes & Noble edition of the book, and it looks sick. I didn't know um, Pennywise was an Inquisitor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the eyes look fantastic. Yeah, but if they, when you get when you get this poster in the book, it's gonna have creases, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're gonna four always got creases. creases. Uh, always get got your creases. irons out. Don't leave it on there too long. No, nope. melt it. You gotta get out of there. But huge shout out to Voodoo Val. I love I love this artwork. I think it gives such an evocative response to what the book's gonna be but um, also again, if, you, if you hang this poster in your home you're a psychopath <laughs> yeah do it above your bed though i think that would be the best way so it's the last thing you see that out. if you want to you occasionally unfold this and look at it that is acceptable anything else <laughs> absolutely not absolutely not charles is not hanging out if he walks in and sees this above the mantle okay absolutely not but if you do want to pre-order, whether the regular version or the Barnes & Noble exclusive edition, be sure to head over to utini.com to our release calendar. That comes out on July 18th. And tomorrow, the 23rd, um, if you're missing some Star Wars content, uh, we got Edge of Balance, Volume 3, the final manga, or the most recent manga, I guess I will say, to finish up. The High Republic Phase 2 is coming out. And, of course, the Essential Legends Collection, Yoda Dark Rendezvous, and others. Check out Legends Look Back this week for full details. It's coming out tomorrow, so you can keep those really slick uh, Essential Legends Collection paperbacks going. But now, my friends, it is time to honor that release by jumping in to our favorite Jedi Master. For some people. He's no Oppo Rensistus, but he's fine. Um, it's Yoda! It's Yoda, it's Yoda it's insert Yoda. last name. Uh, so in canon tonight, we're talking about the Yoda years. Thank you. So much for this graphic, <laughs> our amazing team. Yeah. Jose did this, and I. the only thing I, I told him was, see if you can make it like the Wonder Years from the 80s sitcom show. And the, they had to rehash uh, a couple years ago as well, but this is like the quintessential style of the Wonder Years. <laughs> he made it just look like Yoda, a wholesome family, a wholesome <laughs> Jedi family. If only. Some of them are bad, some of them are good. Is that Jet Lucas? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh-huh. I think so. Yeah, love this. Uh, great I job. I didn't want to ask. I didn't know who that was. I think it's Jet Lucas. Um, <laughs> go ahead. And this is going to be on our socials. Uh, again, if you're audio listeners, it's it's a glorious, glorious edition of our favorite family, led by the man himself, Yoda. And tonight is all about canon Yoda. Because in canon, there are many things we know about Yoda. But I, I would say there's even more things that we don't. Um, like his literal species. No idea. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, another quick plug. Check out our friends uh, at Legends Look Back this week on Thursday night to go into all the Legends tales regarding Yoda. They're going to go through all that stuff. But tonight, we wanted to focus on three major eras of Yoda as we know him in canon. Um, and kind of go through each characterizations of Yoda. Maybe tell you about some specific books or stuff you want to check out if you haven't read Yoda in a while. 
But boys, I want to start off with the best version of Yoda, and that is, hold on, Santa Claus Yoda. <laughs> Not Naturally. true. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yes. Not true. But it is, in fact, uh, the uh, the youngest canon version of Yoda we know so far, and that is High Republic era Yoda. Uh, this is Yoda in the Phase 1 and Phase 2 of the High Republic so far. Uh, some of the earliest concept art we got for the initiative is on the screen right now. And first question for any of us, is this version of Yoda your favorite version of Yoda? Yes or no? Gut instinct, Charles. No. Wes? No. I will finish it up. Uh, no. <laughs> now, that does not mean this version of Yoda is bad by any means, because I want to ask you guys, what was your first reaction when we saw this art this came out before the initiative we just saw this picture of yoda and like the announcement so golden robed kind of uh side-eye yoda here what did you think about him here and as we've read him what, what do you think are some of his best attributes in this higher public version of him so look we're looking on screen right now of a picture it's a concept art of yoda he has less hair yes he's Older than he is in the, in the Sleek. I guess the Empire <laughs> era or the prequel era. Mm-hmm. Yes, and but he um, and it, I guess his claws look a little sharper. But yeah, he he looks older. He was older <laughs> to me. He looks older. I think it looks look like he just. shaved it. I think he looks like he he, he like Vin <laughs> Dieseled it a little bit. He, like, yes, it wasn't about family. No, it wasn't about Charles. Family. I I agree with you. I think he doesn't look that much younger, but. Is, how old is he here? Like 600 instead of 900? Oh, um, now you're like, testing me. Yeah, yeah see. <laughs> I mean, he's still not that young. Um, but what I will say, what do I like about this Yoda? I like, he knows how to make an entrance. Okay. Oh, yeah. He knows how to make an right. entrance, as we saw Dramatic. in Midnight Horizon. That was probably, no, hands down, that was the best moment of that book in particular. One of the highlights mm-hmm. of that entire phase um, what else do I like about him? Work-life balance, Yoda, is how I like to refer <laughs> yes! to him. Because he's on Absolutely. sabbatical for like most <laughs> of the phase. Everyone's just yeah. like, yeah, Yoda, no, he's away. He's on vacation. Um, I tried to email him the other day, and I got back a generic response that he was out of office <laughs> until further notice. And I respect that. I respect that yeah. because the Yoda we know, probably a little overworked, like he he – doesn't have time to shave his head anymore, clearly, at one point, right? He's a little rough around mm-hmm, the edges. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I respect that. He's taking care of himself at that point in his life. Now, is Yoda, is he on Slack or is he on Teams? What do you Yoda think? is on Facebook. Oh, no. Oh, Yoda's Facebook on Messenger? Facebook. Facebook Messenger. AOL Instant Messenger? <laughs> only way AOL you can Instant get him. Messenger. <laughs> He's on AOL IM. <laughs> but, but the thing, this is so canonically yes timeline yes. wise this is the first time that we've seen yoda we'll say yes that. but he is still he's still teaching so he's he's still the quintessential mm-hmm. teacher he is the professor right. of all the younglings still so um we haven't seen like do they go farther back in the high republic to see where yoda even picks up this type of work for the jedi or mm-hmm. for the mass like he is the like we need you to be the main teacher of the new Jedi that are coming up to through the ranks. Yeah. And so how long has that happened? But we see that he's doing the same thing in the prequels. Does the same thing. Well, not kind of does the same thing like in the empire era, but um, I mean, he's still teaching, he's still teaching Luke, but um, he's, he's kept that constant through everything. Mm-hmm. So I like how they, I like how they kept him as a, as a wise old teaching Jedi master. Yeah. Nice. I agree. I, I think that m- my favorite thing about Yoda in this era is exactly what you're saying. It is his teaching. And specifically in Midnight Horizon, there's a scene with Yoda and Cantum Sai that's a flashback where Yoda is dueling with Cantum Sai, yet teaching them and understanding their journey and like really showing how Yoda at this point in his life was really tailoring his teaching style to whoever he was with. I feel like he was really listening actively to every Padawan and every youngling or every Jedi Knight and Master. Like, he really didn't care who he was speaking to, but he was very intentional about it. And I also feel like he was a little more emotionally inv- available at this point. You know, I feel like he was very open with the way he talked. Um, 
we we like we said uh, a couple weeks ago, we get a little bit of more of that in Cataclysm. Like he he seems like he's a little more willing to be a warrior to really willing to do what it needs to be done here. But at the same time, I will say we do get some of his later flaws in this era as well. And most specifically, I would say probably in Cataclysm when uh, again spoilers for Cataclysm. So skip ahead if you don't want to know yet. Uh, at the end of the book. He, they, they, they find out about the nameless and they like, Hey Yoda, we should probably talk about this to someone. He's like, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> and, which we see, you know, we see that with Yoda later on. And I think that is always one of Yoda's issues, right? Is, is keeping stuff sometimes a little too close. That sabbatical though healthy. We agree. Take your vacation time. Take your PTO, uh, going off on his own. Sometimes, maybe not the most advised thing in this era. So I think that still kind of follows him, you know what I mean? I can see how you wouldn't want to jump to conclusions without knowing the full extent of what you're trying to fight or whatever. Sure. But this is kind of a big deal because it'll kill people. Yeah, it's not like <laughs> literally. It's not like, it's not like you're, you don't want to pull the trigger on buying some kind of like charcoal grill because you don't know which one to buy if there's a better one out there. Like there's, yeah. there's like people coming out there to kill you. Yeah. So maybe maybe you should just be like, hey. Maybe we're giving him too hard of a time. Maybe he's like, bro, how am I supposed to tell people about them? They're nameless. Like what am I supposed <laughs> to say? What am I going to call them? Call them. Everyone's going to be like, like, it's going to be like that scene from Dude, Where's My Car? Dude, what's mine say? Sweet, what's mine say? you be like, no, but what are these things? They're nameless. nameless. No, but what are they no, called? The nameless. I get it. Third base. Um, that's a great point. That's a great point. Yeah, that's true. So overall, I think Yoda, he, he is in a good spot, though, in this era. Um, and a couple recommendations. If you want more of this Yoda, we, there's a reason we mentioned it multiple times. Midnight Horizon easily... The goaded Yoda book for me of the yeah. High Republic. He's yeah. Yeah. so good in it. He has that again, like you said, Charles. That entrance was nominated for a Utini uh, the yeah. in the year because it was so good and s- probably connectedly, right? Connect. Yeah, it connects to that. Oh, uh, the High Republic Adventures comic in Phase One um, is where you'll get a lot more of him interacting with like Lula and Zine and those characters. Uh, any other ones that you really kind of would recommend for Yoda in this era? Obviously, we don't have as many books, and he had his big sabbatical, but mm. it was kind of the big hitters. I yeah. think so, yeah. The, like, you can't stop thinking about the entrance. You have to pick that one. Yeah. Like, I was not expecting it when I was pulling into the parking garage that morning. Whew. I was like, yes! Yes! <laughs> it's so <laughs> they, great. Audiobook even. Yeah, the audiobook even made it even that much better. So. Oh, my God, yes. Yeah. So, huge fans of that. And, of course, I think... You know, with Phase 3 coming up at the end of this year, given how Phase 2 ended, w- literally with Yoda, saying, you know, we need to go back to the past, I, I would be shocked if he doesn't have a pretty, we got to go back to the future. Uh, <laughs> pretty big part coming up in Phase 3. But then let's fast forward now a couple hundred years, you know, nothing much, uh, <coughs> to one of the most recognizable versions of Yoda, and probably the one with, as of now, the most content, I would say. And this is prequel era yoda the most controversial uh puppet v cgi yoda uh hey i'll go with that do you guys prefer episode one puppet or uh, episode two three cgi cgi on the spot cgi Wes. looks better but like i love puppets in star wars so like mm-hmm. i'm i'm actually happy they tried the puppet but cgi looks so much better yeah, I am saying CGI Yoda is my favorite Yoda. Imagine right. the fights sure. that he does later on as the puppet. <laughs> I mean, it would have been ridiculous. The oh my gosh, yeah, that is the main reason I pick the CGI Yoda yeah. is from Revenge of the Sith fight with Sidious. It yes. was amazing, and he and it's just like how do you, how does Yoda fight Sidious? He's so short, and you see the jumping and the flipping and the twirling, yep. like yep. Of course, that's how he fights. Think everybody. about like that He's... scene where his nails are scraping down the side oh, of the. I sound. hate that sound. Imagine, Charles. imagine oh. that as the puppet though, and like you can see Frank Oz <laughs> down below, like just peeking out a little bit, like... slowly pulling him backwards. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, this is great, I and mean, I think 
there there will be a very interesting takes by our, by our audience on this because I'm with you guys. I, I love CGI Yoda. I think this is that is how I see Yoda. This picture we pulled. This is the Yoda that I think about. Um, is this is this your guys' favorite Yoda? It's my favorite Yoda. I'll say it. This is my favorite version. Yes, yes it is my favorite. Yoda. I think Sorry. it's actually not. It's still not my favorite Yoda, despite okay. the prequels being my favorite era. That's fair. All right. Okay. So you're going to round us out here. I'll, I'll probably, even though he's not here, that's my, my favorite time to talk about Corey is when he's not here. I don't think this will be Corey's either. I think Corey's going to be with <laughs> you, agree. Charles, later on. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, this was hugely controversial uh, when the prequels came out because, right. you know, Yoda was the Empire Yoda we'll talk about to finish up tonight. Um, and even Phantom Menace, there was the puppet and stuff. And then him bringing out the lightsaber and doing the flips, people lost their minds in both ways. I think a lot of people really did not like this version of him with the flips. But it sounds like we're three for three. This rocks. I mean, <laughs> you don't have that fight scene unless you have CGI Yoda. Yes. You don't have that epic scene. You don't have Yoda twirling the what, that pod. Yep. Yep. And then just throwing it back. I mean, you could try to do that with the little little sticks or whatever on his arms. Yeah. He's like, yeah. What yep. is this, yep. an episode of Fraggle Rock? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or Fraggle Rock, whatever but, it is. Yeah, you don't have that kind of action with that CGI Yoda. And yeah. um, they, this was, I thought Revenge of the Sith, putting that in was like a bonus. Because I was like, oh yeah. my gosh, they have Yoda incredible. fighting Sidious. That's incredible. And you have Duel of the Fates going on mm-hmm. between Obi-Wan and Anakin. Unreal. That Those two yeah. were, were above and beyond like one of the best scenes well, I've ever seen. How movie, else period. would Yoda fight? Like straight up, if he's yeah. not going to be jumping around and flipping around. The only other option is if he like didn't use his saber and like only fought with the Force, which you know could have been cool yep. too. Um, yep. But, I mean, come on. Like, they talk about him as he's, like, he's not only one of the greatest teachers. They talk about him as being an incredible duelist, right? Yep, master so, swordsman, that's right. Right, so how is he not going to fight like that? Of course he was going to do that. So, yeah. that's a ton of fun. I still vividly remember sitting in theaters watching Attack of the Clones the first time he yep. walked in and he and he fought Dooku and just like I remember I genuinely remember looking over at my dad in like shock when he started jumping around like it, it was an incredible <laughs> like, moment. Yeah. Is this real? Is this actually happening? Yeah, yeah. And his body, his body hitting the ground and rolling. You're like that. We got a full shot of the Yoda character as like a full body and not just like puppet with the with his feet sticking out of a blanket or something so yeah um that was really cool but you know they gave him the most boring lightsaber come on guys yeah that like, just <laughs> went up at shop disney and i'm like uh, it just should he so, have pulled it out of his cane oh my like, pull a sanube yeah. absolutely oh, yeah. charles yes you're correct that would have been um <laughs> i do like cool, though i do still like cool. this yoda though i like most of the characters in the prequel era because obviously it's a tragedy and you mm-hmm. see people trying to make the decisions that they think are right and still walking into the trap that has essentially been right. laid yeah. for them by Sidious. And, like, man, you can't say this Yoda doesn't do everything he can to try to save everything that he yeah. cares for. And he just watched the order crumble around him. I mean, it's it's wonderful character building. It It provides such important, I think, backdrop to see Yoda like that to then see how he is in the original trilogy, which of course is backwards for most of us that started with Mm -hmm. the original trilogy. But like it's, it really is a shocking difference between the two eras. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, and I think, you know, in addition to being this amazing fierce warrior, which is again, so fun, so well done. Um, And we do see in clone war and clone wars as well. I mean, the first episode of clone wars is, is Yoda, being amazing, yeah. taking out the tanks and, and being a little quirky and silly and having fun. But I think also in that first episode of Clone Wars, we see a side of Yoda that we get hinted at in the prequels, especially at the end of episode two, which is how empathetic he is to the clones and really all people. Like He, he really still has some of that High Republic empathy going, but really how, how good he is with the clones, not only helps the Republic and helps the Jedi, everything like that. But I truly think sets the tone for the Clone Wars show 
and is part of the reason why the clones as a, as a force have become so respected in the Star Wars community. You know, he's, you know, we're, we're all, we're all, or we're meant to be expendable, not to me as Plo Koon. And then Yoda is the one that says, take, you know, take off your helmets. I want, you're individual. You have a name. You're this, you're this. And I think mm, that's right. The highest member of the Jedi Council saying that shows us exactly who he is. You know, especially as a kid Absolutely. seeing that, like, hey, every person's a person, man. These cool action figures you play with, they're all different. Yeah. And that's all Yoda. I wonder if there was, like, a version of Clone Wars where if they hadn't started and set, like, the foundation and the groundwork in that opening episode, if, I don't know, if we were never really going to see that much individualization of the clones. Um Maybe. Which feels crazy because then, you know, Bad Batch doesn't exist. And I feel like so much grew out of that. Like, yeah. people really do have their favorite clones. And it's, oh, yeah. it has yeah. nothing to do with, like, oh, they were at this battle or, like, mm-hmm. they worked alongside this Jedi. It's like, no, it's their actual personality and their nuances. So, yeah, um, yeah Yoda was super important for building that. Yeah. Who's your guys' favorite clone? Charles, who's your favorite clone? Oh, my goodness. That's tough. I just did that to you. That was rude of me. This is a Yoda episode, but I'm bringing it I around. Know. I mean, after I just said that, of <laughs> course, I like want to say like Cody because he worked alongside Obi Wan, right? Just completely undermine mm. myself. Um, <laughs> I don't. I and, really and great. I really like that dude. Actually, uh, I like the ones that like ran away and tried to live like their own lives peacefully. So, like the oh, deserter. Yeah, you remember the deserter cut. episode? Yeah. Was that cut? Yeah, the Good, guy, yeah. the guy with the family. I think it was he had a, like a Twi'lek wife. Oh, and yeah. Twi'lek wife, yeah. And then His I really liked yep. the other dude with the long hair from the Bad Batch episode recently that got killed right at the end. Yes, um, that uh, dude was awesome. Yes. <laughs> okay, very solid choices. I love that. Yeah. Uh, Wes, who's your favorite clone? Uh, I say from the Clone Wars, I liked Fives. I was, oh. a fan. I liked Fives. Incredible. Um, yep, but. Because I was such a fan of Rebels, I really liked Gregor. Gregor <laughs> yes. was awesome. Just as a yeah. bumbling goof, and he was always like willing. The, the episode that got me was when they were going to when they were going to uh, hunt that worm coming out of the mm-hmm. ground, and he's just like, ha, 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 "You ready? You can get it, right? Yeah!" And he's just like, <laughs> just like bringing up Zeb. He's like, "Yeah, go ahead, Zeb. Go, yeah. go for it. It's fine." He's like. Well, I don't know what I'm doing out here. It's like you're the freaking bait. He's like, ha ha ha, yeah, yeah, you're the bait. <laughs> I love, well, yeah, and it's so funny because the Gregor from the Gregor we see in Clone Wars to that because we get the whole droid yes, episode. Yes, exactly. Gosh, exactly. Great choices. <laughs> what about you, Eric? Um, put the camera on me for a second. Give me the solo shot here, Wes. Oh, Rex. Rex. Right? Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, for our for our audio listeners, I pointed to my Lego helmet of Rex. Um, yeah, Rex is. I mean, it's such a cliche answer, but he's far and away uh, my favorite. Also, a big fan of Jesse. Um, I like Jesse quite a bit. Um, basically, and um, because of Bad Batch, actually, though Echo is very is very high for me. Um, so, if we ever get that Rex and Echo show, uh, that would be pretty cool. But most importantly, though. Whatever clone is your favorite, whether it's Rex or you're wrong, um, <coughs> Yoda saw them all individually. And I think that's a really mm-hmm. cool lesson, especially as a kid. You know, again, I was seeing prequel Yoda when I was between the ages of like 8 and 13. Like, very formative years. And having Yoda be a guy in the movies that is leading and that is listening and is immediately with the clones. And as the cartoons going on, growing up with that kind of empathy is a great idea. Now, that being said, Prequel Yoda, pretty flawed. Also some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, clouded by the dark side uh, as a whole. Didn't see a lot coming. Um, a little judgmental. Still, even though he's empathetic, he's got a little bit of, you know, judgment on it. Didn't really help Anakin. Probably, like, Anakin went to him for help in Revenge of the Sith. Like, I'm having these visions. This isn't going well. Hey, I'm real freaked yeah. out. Master Yoda, hi. Can you help me? And he's like... Nah. You know what's interesting <laughs> is the High Republic might inform that a little bit more. I mean, it, we might end up seeing by the end of Phase Absolutely. 3 why Yoda decided to be more by the book and less, I don't know, accepting yeah, maybe, of people stepping away from the typical way. 
maybe he jumps the gun and like makes a big blunder on actually going forward with something and it didn't actually come to fruition. Yeah. But like in the prequels, he he was like, yeah, this the dark side cloud is like I feel. Like the dark side is here, and he's listening, like talking to Anakin. He's like, he feels all of it, but he never took any action on right. it. Right. He's just like, oh, clouded this one is. Like your emotions are taking over, and like stuff like that. But I was just like, but where is that all coming from? Shouldn't yeah. you investigate or yeah. send somebody to investigate? Um, so yeah, obviously that's the part of the movie that needs to be told. Right. That needs to happen. But yeah, but at the um, same time. He was basically the leader of the Jedi Order, which were the leaders of an entire army fighting a galaxy-wide war. So, like, that's like, imagine <laughs> if you're if that's your job and you have the weight yeah. of the galaxy on your shoulders, and someone keeps coming to you like, "Hey, your boy's wilding out over here. Can you do something about this?" Like, I got <laughs> other things going I got on. The galaxy. <laughs> what about the droid attack on the Wookies? All right, yeah. like, I got oh, yes. <laughs> what about that? No. The only the only downside about prequel era Yoda as of right now is that we don't really have a lot of auxiliary material for him as far as canon goes. Um, so I'll kind of cheat here a little bit and say all the prequel novelizations of episode one, two, and three, loosely canon, whatever. I know Jared and Rick and Emily and the, y- y'all, freaking out. Y'all y'all are gonna y'all are gonna claim those as your own. <laughs> Uh, on Legends Look Back, but but I, I will say, check out those novelizations. One, because they're great. Legitimately, all three of them, they're very different than each other. Like They're they're not just kind of written in the same tone, so that's very fun. But you do get some really good Yoda stuff in there. But, of course, we're going to round out tonight with potentially what I think might end up being the most popular for the audience. I'm also interested. Uh, everyone, go into our Discord, the Living Force channel. Tell me your favorite era of Yoda, or leave it in a comment here, because I'm earnestly very curious. Uh, Charles, I'm guessing this is your favorite era of Yoda. This is Exile era Yoda, Empire Strikes Back. No, yeah. this is still not my favorite. What is yours, dead Yoda? My favorite, <laughs> my favorite is Old Republic Yoda, when he still goes by Yodathan. Uh, it's before he shortened it to Yoda. Um, before that was his nickname. That's my favorite. Before he studied abroad and yes. just decided to no, get all yes. different. <laughs> uh, Exile era Yoda is my absolute favorite. Uh, original Yoda, if you will. Original trilogy Yoda. Um, he's he's goofy. He's wise. Yep. <laughs> he is like the drunken kung fu master like type of vibe. And I mm-hmm. absolutely love it. And I think... Even though he does some ridiculous stuff, I love when he wrestles with R2-D2 over the granola bar. That's like one of my favorite moments when he starts hitting him. Yeah. (laughs) I love that so much. To swing from that moment to like some of his lines to this day from Empire, of course, in particular, just like still, I swear, resonate with me to my core. I mean, that. how do you... How do you not just love that version of Yoda so much? I, he's my favorite, hands down. Yeah, I mean the yeah, the bringing some of the, the most iconic lines out. Yeah, I mean come, that moment alone, like judge me by my size. Do you, like there's so much good stuff in that in just that scene. Yeah, and little whiny Luke that sits down. It's impossible, and he's just like, "But is it though?" Yeah. And then, you sure about that? <laughs> yeah. Some of the most iconic lines uh, from Yoda uh, in yeah. all of Star Wars. I mean, in this. he tells us what the Force is. Like, you know, he, he has such a learning. And it's interesting because you see him in, in such a public sphere in the higher public and the prequels. Like, he's always surrounded by tons of people, armies and Jedi councils. And even on his missions, he, there's lots of people. And then in Exile, it's one-on-one. It's him and Luke, mm-hmm. and that's what you get. You get Ben as a Force ghost eventually, but really it's him and Luke, and you get to see when everything is stripped away and Yoda's not worried, like you said, Charles, about the galaxy and about his next meeting and about the, the history of the Jedi. The Jedi are gone. The Republic is gone. The clone army is gone. It's just Yoda and Luke and the Force, and it's completely stripped down. And I think it's really interesting that that's how we meet this guy and then retroactively George gives us everything because that's kind of the opposite order of every other fictional character right you you see them high and then witness their fall but I think in Yoda's defense in this era he does such a great job at showing us as audience and as 
kids when we watched it, like the virtue of peace and of listening and of connection and I think as of redemption at the end. I think that Yoda does eventually feel like maybe he let people down, maybe he didn't do everything he could, and in training Luke, in connecting him back with Ben, in doing all these things, he does kind of make up for some of his sins in a way, you know? Like, do you think Yoda ever actually feels fully atoned for losing the Republic? No. Mm-hmm. No. I think that he, there was other factors involved, of course, but yeah. um, no, I don't think so whatsoever. Like, oh, that's, that's a good question. I mean, it's, it's actually... <clears throat> I find it kind of admirable in in some like alternate Star Wars timeline. Yoda could have chosen to leave Dagobah and try yeah. to fight, you know, the Emperor again at that point. And no, he didn't choose to do that. He and I don't think he's hiding on Dagobah like scared for his life either. It's no, not that he wasn't I willing agree. to face yeah, the Emperor yeah. again, right? He realized like, hey, it's not me, but that person mm-hmm. is going to come, and that is. That's my role. And that's why, like, when you talk about, like, the archetypal characters in the original trilogy, that like, that mentor role, he's, like, he literally is the embodiment. He's almost like a physical embodiment of the Force. Like, he is the spiritual being and just really helps Luke more. So- How'd you have to pull this photo up? Wow, now I'm going <laughs> to... Um, Yoda, Sorry. before he takes his eternal nap there. Um, yeah. <laughs> He, he is like the spiritual being that really, I think, opens things up. Like, yes, Obi-Wan's, you know, it, and this coming from an Obi-Wan guy, Obi-Wan's little speech to Luke about the Force and Jedi in A New Hope, it, it kind of first opens that door, but Yoda blows that thing wide open. Yes, and, sir. And, yep. like, he just, he is the Force to me, which is, I don't know, kind of a weird thing to say, but, like, he is the no. embodiment of the Force. Yeah. He is like one of the only ones that is teaching him that use the force around you, but understand that you are also the force. The only way to understand that is yeah. to have all these and the the teachings of telling him to go into the cave or telling Luke to go into the cave to see himself, mm-hmm. like to basically be against your your biggest fear mm-hmm. is yourself. So. Um, Having that, like, now, what was that? Was that Yoda that put that on, or was that just Luke's vision? I think it's just Luke's vision. I think you so know, I think it's, okay, like, yeah. Yoda knowing that it's there and knowing the possibilities of what can happen and yeah, being what's a good enough there? teacher to be, like, this time. Yeah, it's, like, what's in there, only that which you take with you or whatever he yeah. says, right? Like, it's it really is. It's just you facing your biggest fear. Yeah. Yeah, and I... God, it's the bogger. It really is good it's here. It's the bogger <laughs> in the closet. Yeah, it is. It's the bogger. It's all. It's all the same. It's facing your fears, and like this version of Yoda, also now having had more content in the High Republic and the prequels, you can see all of the lessons that he has learned being used on Luke now. Like Luke is his final student, and he's using every lesson he's ever given. He's learned everything he's ever learned. Everything he's ever done incorrectly. It's all been for the for Luke. Yeah. My alarm's going off um, on my phone. Keep talking. Well, that's so, it, everybody. Uh, that is right. the alarm for the end of the show. <laughs> I got it. I got it. So, obviously, Yoda can't go back against the Empire himself because he knows right. that it's going to take more than just him. And so, like you were saying, he's got to teach the next Generation mm-hmm. of Jedi, or not even it, it could be someone. It, have to it could be, be Jedi, Sith. Right? It could be it could be anybody. <laughs> yeah, whatever you want. Why, why wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Go for so, it. What are you feeling? But yeah, it, it it's not all on his shoulders. He can't do it all himself, so he has to have help. And so, yeah, Yoda, you seek Yoda. Yoda. It's like okay, He's, yeah. Um. So, but Obi Wan, as the Force Ghost that he is, is the one that suggested. So. <laughs> Being as a part of the force is a piece of teaching in itself. So once you, once you, I don't want to say die. Once you, um, what is it? Once you fall into the force, once you are a part of the force, then mm-hmm. you also teach. You also teach. Even 
it seems like they always teach their their padawan. They're always teaching their their padawans. Oh yeah, they never always. like don't teach. They're always there. So like like yeah, I get it. All right, I you I'm hearing you for thirty years now. I I got it all. But they keep teaching them new lessons. They keep helping them. So, um, I think that. But even after that, does Yoda Yoda doesn't appear in the in the sequel trilogy? Well, he kind of does. <laughs> Right, right, yeah, yeah. With the, at the tree, yep. and right, chops tree, another so yes. banger of a line too. Yeah, so he's oh, still wait. teaching. He's still teaching his Padawan. The greatest teacher is failure crazy, is. Yeah. yeah, but it's kind <laughs> yeah. of cool. You know, I've always thought to myself, like, why, why don't they continue to show up as Force Ghosts or Spirit Guides or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. them? Right, like, why, why do they go away? And I think it's actually important to step back as the teacher too, eventually. Right. And to stop Mm -hmm. interjecting and to, unless a lesson is really needed, like in that moment with Luke, like Luke had been a Jedi master for how many years at that point in, right. In the sequel trilogy, whenever Yoda had to reappear. So I think it was important. I, who, I can't remember where I heard this the other day, but I heard something that said, it was a quote. I don't even know who said it or in what context I heard it. But it was something like uh, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. But when the student is actually ready, the teacher will disappear. And it's like that. I never heard that part. That's great, though. It's like that. Yeah. That is Yoda. Yeah. I mean, that's that's exactly – Dang, man, that's perfect. Because, I mean, that's kind of how we – I was going to end here is like what what is Yoda's – ultimate purpose what does he serve when is he at his best why is he so strong and i think you nailed it right there is that he is the teacher right period like we don't mm-hmm. see him as just a student he is a student in the way that everyone is always a student right he is always learning which makes mm-hmm. him such a good teacher but he is the exact teacher that everyone needs when they need him and then when they're ready he lets them do their thing and I think because he teaches so many younglings and does so many things, he's so strong in that. And in canon specifically, I think we see a lot of that teaching in a lot of those moments through the movies, yeah. through the higher public, through Clone Wars, and then, of course, through Exile, and then this amazing, amazing scene in The Last Jedi. Yeah, I don't remember the quote exactly, but failure is the okay. best teacher. The greatest failure teacher failure. failure is we are what mm-hmm. they grow beyond. Yeah. Apparently, my quote was from Lao Tzu, who was a mystic philosopher in ancient China. It all, hey, oh, wow. It all ties together, man. It all ties together. Um, I guess as we kind of round up Yoda's amazingness here, and, and I, I will also say, I will, own, I will own up to this. I always leave off Yoda when I'm thinking about my favorite Star Wars characters. Like, I always kind of discount him. But then you talk about him for an hour or so, and you're like, you know what? <laughs> Dang. Yoda is rad. Um, and that's is, on me. Yeah. That's on my fault. Um, do you guys think we're going to be getting more Yoda? Obviously, Higher Public Phase 3, are we going to get a lot? Or are they still going to be spare? And even more so, I guess, do you want more Yoda? Or do you always kind of want to have that extra, extra layer of mystery to him, even 50 years from now? Um, I would, I wouldn't mind more Yoda. I would like more Yoda. Mm-hmm. I'll just say it. I yeah. would like more Yoda in um, Phase Three, Wave Three, Quintessential Three. Yes, Chapter Three, <laughs> one of those. The third, uh, <laughs> Part Three. I would like because he is a he is a he's a known common character, yep. and that helps people get into the book. If they if they're reading settings that they never heard of before characters that they never read before and they can and they read yoda like yes yoda i've seen i i can picture him i know about him and from the original trilogy i have some kind of background i got it now i have a good safe space to continue reading so i hope he does come back and we get that he comes back from his sabbatical yeah (laughs) (laughs) right yeah, I. He's like, "What have you done? Where the hell is the Starlight Beacon? How could it? <laughs> it was like, right there. It's not that hard. I left it right in the sky." <laughs> oh shit! Spoiler alert. Oh, <laughs> once again. No, I Buddy. agree. I agree. I want more Yoda. Um, I 
hadn't really thought about it much before this episode, but I do think that that uh, Phase Three could be very important for his mm-hmm. character, not just in the High Republic, but beyond that, especially mm-hmm. the prequel mm-hmm. era Yoda that we see. I don't want too much Yoda though, and it goes directly towards what what you were just mentioning there, Eric. Uh, you can overdo it. You can absolutely overdo it with Yoda. Yep. I there will probably come a day where they tell us the name of his species and his middle name and his social security number and I hope I yep. don't see that day because <laughs> nope. I do think the character works because of the mystery. Like there yes. there has yeah. to be some mystery there. Yeah, they took a little away I think when they brought in Yaddle. They probably took a little away with Baby Yoda, Grogu that we're, you know, seeing all the new mm-hmm. stuff, but there's still plenty of it there and I think it needs to remain in a healthy portion. Yeah. I'm with y'all. I, I, I want more of him in <laughs> phase three. <laughs> oh, the puppet. Oh, the puppet. <laughs> I want more of him in phase three as this teacher that we've seen. I think he works so well there. I have a couple great epic moments. A um, couple losses I'd like to see. But I also want that mystery. You know, I don't want them to say, oh, Grogu. He says he's a linky. And that's like, oh, oh they're linky. You know, I, I don't need that. Um, I don't need you know, Yoda. Nothing will ever be better than Yoda's species. So I think that is a thing we'll never know. Um, but I think that mystery is good, and just to kind of keep him around as this proverbial teacher. You know, I don't need to see him as a young angsty finding his way. We can if we want, but he is who he is, and I think he serves this purpose brilliantly. And and I love him, and I love him. He's always going to be awesome. Yeah. So awesome. Well, let us all know your favorite Yoda stories. What did you like? What did we miss? Um, and make sure you pick up the Essential Legends Collection version of Yoda Dark Rendezvous for a Legends tale. And tune in this coming Thursday for all the Yoda Legends content. Uh, guys, did you read Dark Rendezvous? I've heard it's this gem, and I've always missed it. I haven't either. It's a clone. It's a Clone Wars book. So, yes. Um, I think I would really enjoy it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, shout out to our friends over there who are going to walk you through that and all the other wacky Yoda stuff over there. We will, of course, be back next week with more goodness. I believe I'm going to say this now because I think this is our plan. Um, we will be doing our Path of Vengeance roundtable uh, very soon. I believe in two or three weeks. Um, the audiobook, as I see in the chat, is now finally up for pre-order. Because of this delay, we might be pushing the roundtable to help our audio friends. Um, we're going to talk about it internally, so I'm, I'm letting y'all know as we're talking on the podcast and Wes. Um, I have the book, okay? Yeah, just, I have it. I just haven't cracked it open yet. Yeah, so, so we next might be week's going to be that. tough. Yeah, we might be delaying <laughs> that uh, to make sure we have time for the audio, so stay tuned. Uh, but uh, regardless, we will see you next Wednesday. No, next Monday. Oh, my God. Next Monday uh, for more Living Force goodness. But... For now, that'll do it for this week's episode of The Living Force. If you support us on Patreon, thank you so much. And head over to patreon.com slash utini to join the family. And a special thank you to Brian Julie, Earl Q, Carl Sandra, Zach W., and Michael Fry on our Jedi High Council. And James T., Ashley Ingalls, Colton Fife, and Chris Carrizo on our Alliance High Command. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Eric Eilerson. Charles is at C. Hankel. West is at Boss West. And the show is at Living Force Pod. A special thank you to Matt Davenport, our amazing editor, Ryan, our graphic designer extraordinaire, and Wes, our community manager and producer. Thank you to Charles and Wes for potting me tonight. Thanks to all of you for hanging out. And as always, may the force be with you. There is no hatred. There is joy. There is no division. There is union. There is no apathy. There is passion. There is no gatekeeping. There is community. This is the Utini Star Wars Fan Code. Embrace it, live by it, and above all, trust in the living force. Join the Utini community and surround yourself with like-minded fans at utini.com. And remember, the force will be with you, always.